everyone welcome back to conversites behind the data the ai journey podcast today we have mark from elevate ventures and mark you are also wearing multiple hats elevate ventures hot tech indiana so love to understand your role and most importantly what's hot tech indiana well that's uh that, that's that's great dinesh i um just by way of background i'm i'm executive director of the sam fund at elevate and an entrepreneur residence and you know elevate you know high level we're committed to helping entrepreneurs launch and mm-hmm. launch and develop and scale companies right so um in my background there is primarily coach confidant um you know protagonist around ideas and in in innovation with uh really it's innovation at the heart you know trying yeah. to solve a sure. problem that exists for a number of people mm-hmm. um hopefully a big a big number of people you know yeah. and a big problem but some small problems get fixed and you're real successful with the business and other times big problems get fixed and yeah. you're wildly successful with the business right so but you got to start uh with the problem in mind in what your solution is um so in the last 3 months or 6 months or so so it's called, let's call it 6 months uh elevate has refocused its effort around really four principal verticals okay um and we're we're really organizing ER behavior we're kind of organizing portfolio services um around those four areas traditional SaaS okay ag tech life science and what we're calling broadly hard tech hard tech So hard tech's kind of a new term people yeah. gravitated to in you know in the last 6 months and we've we've defined it it's it's pretty broad mm-hmm. um a hard tech i would argue combines all four of traditional saas okay it can be life sciences and it can be ag tech um but it is something that um you know certainly gets talked a lot about in the community um but you know what is hard tech indiana hard tech indiana is really trying to build a community and coalesce around traditional strengths of indiana in manufacturing and distribution yeah and sort of the know-how that exists in the community sure wouldn't say indiana's uh you know at least in the last 50 years you know super innovative in hard tech spaces mm. because this is um again it goes back to innovation and and driving ideas and and solution sets. I mean a lot of the companies were vanguard innovators in their day. I mean yeah. Eli Lilly is, yeah. is one of the greatest Great innovative company, yeah. life science companies in the world period with uh leading market cap globally. Mm-hmm. And um I mean really it's in 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 their DNA. Um and the same with the other large companies in in Indiana that have had a lot of success Cummins and Rolls-Royce and Roche and Salesforce and that target and and you know a lot of these uh a lot of these companies. So really the Hard Tech Indiana initiative if you will um six or seven organizations around the central Indiana have kind of banded together and we have a regular group studying this concept. Sure. Now predecessor to that for Elevate was we started the SAM fund in March of 2000. Okay. 20 Okay, right in the heart of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, right at the beginning, there was an opportunity to really develop what what I call an industry 4.0 fund. And now sure. that is square in the in the area of Conversite. Um and that it's digitization of manufacturing and distribution technology. Got it. 
square on industry 4.0, not, you know, not a hard product mm-hmm. software, yeah. not a hard product, but um, really how do you gather information in the distribution channel? How do you gather it in the manufacturing channel and how do you, how do you apply it in, in, into the retail and distribution channel? So um, all of that, you know, the big background for hard tech is, is to combine aspects of software with, with physical product that can be made in Indiana or at least invented in Indiana and made, made anywhere, um, and build that segment of the economy. You know, yeah. it's sort of post-traditional SaaS. It's sort of like how would you build a product-oriented company from scratch today that serves a new right. market or solves a new problem. So, so in summary, it is any technology companies who are you know, bringing that industry 4.0 and manufacturing distribution, that space. So is hard tech focused more on startups or it's also helping identifying opportunities with the large enterprises like Lily you mentioned that because the hard tech innovative innovations could happen both sides, could be startup also to be on these enterprises or are you connecting the two? Well, that's a great question. It's a, it's a difficult one to answer, actually. Um, we are, you know, we at Elevate are not focused on corporate innovation. Okay. That's not something that um, we're programming. Mm-hmm. I mean, that because our stakeholders are really the state and federal government, and sure. we're really interested in the larger community oh, yeah. businessmen. Um, but corporate innovation shares a lot of similarities yes. to what we're doing in the entrepreneurial community. Everything that you went through, whether you were sponsored by a large corporation or not, mm. is going to be very similar. Those, sure. those are very similar dynamics um, to what you would face if, if you were either sponsored or not by a large corporation. So the idea for hard tech, though, is you know hard tech and also just the SAM fund and, and industry 4.0 is dealing with the problems facing a manufacturer or distributor. And, and those are improved safety, improved quality, improved, quality. improved productivity, and lower cost. It faces, I mean, every manufacturing organization of any scale or distribution company of any scale yeah. face those four primary areas. Um, whether it's Edward Demering that came up with that, didn't really push it, or the, you know, the lean manufacturing initiatives of the 80s and 90s. I mean, you can pretty much to a T walk through any production environment and you're going to run into those four major buckets, if you will, of, of activity. And so, you know, if you can produce a software technology that does that, um, or any portion of that, you know, you'll have a, you'll have a, a role in the value yep. chain, right? So sounds like you get that so, <laughs> 100%. Yeah. So in, in, in the, you know, when we go like as a startup company, when we talk to investors, the first question they ask is, okay, why now, right? The technology innovation is always happening, and why now? Maybe same way. Why now? Why hot tech in Indiana now? Is it pandemic? You all see a challenge post-pandemic in the supply chain manufacturing ecosystem. Does that like uh, kind of um, require a lot more innovation? What's driving that? Uh, well, I, I, I think... 
why now is that there is an economic development mandate to diversify the economy and improve okay. wages, you know, okay. the quality of life. I think there's a shared vision by a lot of institutions, organizations, government. Yeah. Um, and I think the opportunity is, is there, um, kind of exposed by the pandemic. You started before the pandemic, so well, yeah. you, you were before this, and so you've seen it through the pandemic, but... You know, it was kind of a naked reveal process during the yes. pandemic. Like weakness in systems became very apparent, mm. um, and so there's an opportunity. I, we we are in this, you know the center of the country. We have the crossroads uh, sort of uh, franchise, and um, we we are a logistics hub for most of the manufactured product in the in the country, which is you know by far the largest economy still. Sure. And so. Um, yeah, it makes sense for Indiana to, to put, put their heads together, businesses, manufacturers, and others. And I think the hard tech idea also you know, moves forward around the idea of first customer and how do you validate new ideas. And I think there are a good assortment of headquarters and thoughtful, innovative leaders and established businesses here that can lean into that conversation. Absolutely. Uh, and I think, you know, this is a great place where we are sitting right now at 16 Tech to do that. So yeah. it's... Uh, you know, um, it's so exciting to see every day, you know, the number of new warehouses and like new constructions happening, um, you know, throughout this, um, you know, the city and uh, the state. So now in hot tech, in, in terms of the technologies, you are meeting a lot of great startups. What are you finding? What's, what's, what's driving? Industry 4.0 is large, but within that, I know companies are, robotics and uh, you know a lot of telematics and AI and analytics what are you seeing is there a common theme uh, companies and uh, the startups are taking what what are you seeing as a hot trend today well I, I think startups with traction are bringing a unique solution to safety quality productivity and cost I mean I keep going yeah. back I'm a broken record when it comes to this kind of subject just because I you know, while my first career was practicing law and private practice of law, my second career was really in engineered products and running engineered products companies sure. at scale. And, you know, it, it's the same thing. We're, you know, and with a free trade background really creating quite a headwind for most American manufacturers, sure. you know, the pressure to, to produce more with less is, is a very real deal. And, you know, you can ask any manufacturer how easy it is to make their margin, and they're going to say, it's not easy at all. Yeah. And we're constantly having to reinvent supply chain, reinvent everything. And, you know, the pandemic just made all that vulnerability just jump right out. I mean, you think about, you know, early on in the pandemic, we, we saw where how hard it became to buy a car. Mm. And then, yeah. you know, there were all the reports about, well, Ford's missing these chips, and GM's missing these chips, and it was all chip, which is you know, an import item. Yep. And um, that, you know, you would think, well, how can you miss a chip? That's pretty pretty pivotal. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, tires yeah, and that's transmission. A key. So it's, maybe it's not an A item anymore in a car, in a car, but, you know, it's certainly a B item. And then, you know, and, you know, and then later on as the, as the pandemic um, kind of ground on, you know, you read stories about Ford not being able to ship trucks because they didn't have circle ovals. The blue oval. Yes. And you're like, well, that's a D item. It's like insignificant cost. Yeah. You can have more. And they can't ship without it. And yeah. Like, wow. Yes. Okay. So we must have supply chain issues. And, you know, that's a normal conclusion. So people are aware of it. And I 
supply chain leaders and executive management are very aware of it, and especially when they, their supply chain team tells them they can't ship a car because they don't have a, a logo for their vehicle. Well, yeah, yeah. Just getting that from the press, you know, I don't know how true it is. I don't have any inside inside info from. See, when, when when we look at uh, the industry 4.0, and and Indiana, we have a mix of company. Right? We have large enterprises, and then we have a lot of mid-market companies. So are you seeing a shift like the technology adoption and, uh, um, you know, Industry 4.0, the, the hunger or appetite to get into the new technology? Is it kind of common between large enterprises and mid-market, or do you see a trend with mid-market? Huh. Well, I think, I think more businesses are willing to try new Okay. That, I think, is true today. Sure. Um, and more people are interested in how to be most efficient from the beginning. Okay, yeah. As opposed to, you know, learning, learning and trying to be internal mm-hmm. and do it all alone. I mean, everybody's got a lane, and if you're, you know, I don't, it's hard, it's hard to say, but you know, Indiana seems to do a good job keeping track of how much investment's going into its geography. Okay, And yeah. so I think when you look at the deals that are announced and you look at the investments the companies are making, you know, a lot of it's going into the brains and guts of the organization. Because, uh, you know, you mm-hmm. walk into a warehouse today and it's not like it was 25 years ago. Oh, yeah. These are automated, highly, highly automated, highly info-driven businesses, mm-hmm. right? From the get-go. Oh, absolutely. From the design. And I mean, you look, that's been a growth industry. The automation design business is a huge growth industry for the 25 years. It's just amazing yes. how many companies are active, system integrated. And, um, and, and, you know, it makes sense. But that raises the capital barriers, too. So, oh, yeah. You know, there's always room for, for small innovators to come into that. And, you know, the bigger the organization get, I think they, they suffer with their own bureaucracy, quite frankly. So moving quickly sometimes... You know, when when they know when they know what they want and where they're going, they can move extremely oh, fast. Yeah, yeah. But if it's not a proven path, yeah. if it's not de-risk, which you know, there's risk in the startup community. So, how do you convince a supply chain manager they're going to put their job and career on the line for you? Well, that's a that's a tough that's a tough hill to climb, yeah. as you know. So, um, this one curious question I always want to ask to get your perspective: What's AI for you? AI is uh, really evolving uh, quite a bit. I okay. Mean, you know. <laughs> is the AI is good in your view? Uh, oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. It, it, again, it's, you know, it comes back to safety, quality, productivity, and cost. Sure. I mean, if AI can make a factory safer and avoid an explosion, which happened yesterday in Ohio, by the way. You know, oh, yeah. Traditional industry killed somebody and injured all others on the workplace. Mm. I mean, you know, if we could snap our fingers and... Every factory has some sort of AI interface to help prevent an explosion from happening. Mm-hmm. I think we'd take that bet. I think every business owner, even the owners of that business, would would say absolutely. We'll, yeah, we would take that. We're not afraid of that technology. We're we're just becoming more familiar with it. And I, you know, in the last sixty days, it's ChatGPT. I mean, it's taken the world by storm. Everybody's talking about it. Nobody knows really what it is. Yeah, it's become a buzzword now. Everybody it's a buzzword. It, yeah. And, you know, but when you see it demoed in some of our 
investment, early investments are using targeted links with OpenAI and you know, it's it's got a role. Now yes. it has to be a tool suitable for what you're trying to do with it. Yes. Is, is it a problem solving tool? Is it an efficiency tool? Is it is it a productivity tool? Is it something that you're gonna use to educate your workforce with? Yeah. Um, Oh, it's certainly created a lot of fire on you know companies like ours. Like we are, we are in this business of this conversational AI. Right. We always go to manufacturing company. You know, every manufacturing company you go, they have data. It's like it's in their ERP system, their CRM systems, or like lot in their Excel data. How do you make sense of that data? Like how do you convert that into some insights? And how are you deciding when to buy, how much to build, when to build? It's a math. It's like it's, the data is there. If you can mix that and uh, get those signals out, it'd be so cool. You know, we've been doing that. You know, using our AI to recommend and uh, interact with that data so easily with conversation. But in the last three months, with ChatGPT being known, we have a um, supply chain leader coming and asking us that um, you know he want an AI system he could just ask that hey, how many sales orders are you know waiting for fulfillment and why are, why is it waiting when we have materials and if the production orders are shortage which vendor is delaying it and when will they deliver like just almost want to have an AI as an informative assistant, like just ask information and get inside. So chat GPT is just an eye opener in, in, in our view. Um, I think hard tech innovative and hard tech initiatives will be so key to see how many other startups will pick up this idea and deliver what insights. So um, certainly excited. So your views on chat GPT or AI in general, love to hear your views. Yeah, I, well, again, I mean, ChatGPT is just a great little consumer retail-facing yep. sort of portal, really, right? I mean, it's it's just a it's a really good indication of what the yeah. future may hold, or the future probably does hold. And um, I think, again, as they that initiative, I mean, there's there's a publicly traded company, CGAI, that has been in the market in revenue with with an enterprise basis, inter enterprise-wide AI. Yes. Optionality for, for you know, generally large companies for a couple of years now, but um, I think you know, depend. However, the augmented algorithms and, and informed learning occurs within the machine, um, it's going to come down to ask you know figuring out what questions to ask. You know that's that's the future. Yes. And uh, what questions to ask is. Um, very key thing. Yeah, what, what questions and how to frame the questions and what information, you know, variables are in the complexity of the question, how, how are you going to ask it? Yes. And what are you going to ask? And so that will change the way we learn. Uh, it will change the way, you know, like, I guess Deming is famous for you know, building modern lean quality systems. Um, but you know, in in Japanese industry, they they pride them. You know, the Toyota production system basics per, 
prides themselves on describing, you know, we've only identified 50% of the ways to any system. Yes. So you can you can really put fresh eyes on any system. Any systems, yeah. And say, oh my God, we could really, you know, depending on how we define our objective, we can eliminate a lot of waste. Yeah. And so they call it MUDA, and I guess that, you know, that that's pretty true when you look at all the different systems in the world, production systems, yeah. transportation systems. I mean, you think about you think about what's behind what AI can do for automobile transfer. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you know, moving people by bus and train and goods. I mean it's it's mind blowing really yeah. when you think about the waste and um, you know that you know, again, just pick pick the news. I mean this derailment in Ohio what a catastrophe for the, yes. for the rail line, for the community, that community, the people who live in that community, not to mention yeah. everybody who, you know, is getting their finger pointed at them right now. I mean, if AI can predict, prevent, be, be on a sensor, you know, yeah. if, if indeed the trail derailed because an axle broke, I mean, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. a few thousand dollar repair to a train could yes. prevent, should have prevented. Yeah, I'm sure that data is captured somewhere. Exactly. So, I mean, I think, yeah, let's get after it. (laughs) You know, I think if you you had a a safety solution and a a reliability solution and an IoT device, which is AI-educated IoT device, I think my first call would have been no fucks up. Yeah. You know, the morning after that accident, I think you're going to have a receptive audience to their maintenance operations crew. Like, what happened? Yeah. You know, and I mean, maybe use AI to problem solve, right? But then, you know, maybe we just make things work better. <laughs> we, we eliminate failure and waste in our society, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Some people might view it as a risk to their jobs, but yeah. it, it really isn't. It's just going to create new opportunities elsewhere. So to your earlier point, the Industry 4.0 is all about connected devices, connected ecosystem, and a lot of data get captured. but. You know, especially the sensor data, it's, it's so difficult to, you know, monitor and, uh, you know, by human, like, just monitor is there anything going wrong? In, because you have thousands of sensors and thousands of, you know, moving vehicles or moving machines and operating machines. It's going to be, that's where the power of AI could come, that if the AI could analyze the data and alert you, that, hey, I need your attention, it's going to happen, right? And instead of thousand points, I need to monitor manually. The AI could at least um, narrow down to like ten. Then it's humanly possible, uh, and uh, get that. You know, you you mentioned um, Chat GPT, and it is critical to know what questions to ask or how you need to ask. So we have some experience or some statistics to share on that. So we launched our product like almost four years back, and we've been monitoring, like you just ask questions and get answers. Right. But if I give this platform to 10 people in a company, you'll be surprised. Four out of 10 will ask you a lot of questions to the AI. They are hungry, they are curious. <laughs> the moment the AI give you answer, they, they are like ready with two, three questions more to ask. But there are other six, or other four, maybe. They don't want to, they don't know what to ask, or they don't want to start the conversation. 
So the way we address that is, is like more of a proactively let the AI start the conversation. See, today we all need news. We can go ask Google to give me the news or we can go to Twitter where it's feeding me some news right. based on what you are searching, what based on what I'm searching, based on the each click. So can we, what the approach we took now is, okay, the four people who are asking questions are great. Can we learn from those four people and provide insights for all the 10 and start the conversation, create that curiosity in them. That hey, you have five products which are going to run out of stock and you're going to miss 18 production orders tomorrow. That's a light bulb. Wow. Why am I missing? Who, who are the vendors who are going to deliver that? Why are they delayed? So create that. So I don't know whether uh, that could be an another way to look at ChatGPT. That yes, you can ask questions, but then is there a way we can create that curiosity to ask better questions? That's kind of how we are uh, we are solving that problem of how to ask questions. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of opportunity there, and and it you know there is a dark side to all of this AI. Yeah. When you when you when you bring in, you know the um, social demographics of it all, because you know that it, certain personality types and certain people are just more curious by nature than others. And, yeah. And that's just the way the world is. That's the way humanity is, and we're not gonna, you know, we don't necessarily want to. Learn how to integrate with a, an AI bot, um, but at the same time, I, you know, I think it will challenge our legal structures and our, in a lot of cases, sovereign, you know, national sovereignty in you know, two hundred countries in the world um, on how, you know, how this technology is going to roll out and, and impact every day. But when you look at the upside, I'm a optimist by nature and. I can point out the problems and things pretty easily. I've, I've been trained to do that, and yeah. I've done that pretty regularly in my professional career, um, but all with the purpose of making whatever we're trying to do better. And I think if you if you think about you know the upside to AI, you know, we still drop a lot of babies that are being born in this country, which is hard yes. to believe. And you know we tolerate a lot of failure. We talk. We tolerate disease. We tolerate. things that shorten people's lives you know, yeah. in ways that if we could just get our head around it and and be you know somewhat smarter um, or better educated about it you know we would do we would do better as a as a human race and I think most people want that they're, they're, you know they're willing to they're willing to trust that society yeah. at large will put this genie in the bottle where it needs to be put in. Yeah, but in a lot of ways, I mean that, you know, that's that's out. I mean, image recognition just alone in AI is just mind-boggling. The, I mean, yeah, the advancement in terms of safety, you know, what all just do. unbelievable. Right. I mean, you, even my my eight-year-old Audi has night vision and image recognition in it, and it can point out a deer or a human walking across the road. Yeah, you know, and that's that's old technology. You know, you put new algorithms and AI in place. Quantum computing came in, and, you know, 
That's an another. This will yeah. change. This will be a, a one a, As an engineer would like to say, you might say uh, this will be a significant change in societal behavior just because we can calculate so much more so fast in a lot of the, the problems we're having with with some of the self-driving vehicles and automated recognition and this situation. Uh, that will be a. Yeah. It, it, it will be a distant memory, I think, pretty quickly. Yes. <laughs> Once we. Once we break through the next level of computing, yeah, I think as you said, um, AI has a lot of potential, but it's all really depends on what, which use case we are going to use, and what's the outcome, and how it can, you know, reduce some of those failures or prevent, predict, uh, on the safety side and all that. So, you know, I know we are going to we are going to do a lot more in in the next couple of years, and we are going to hear and learn a lot more with AI and ChatGPT, and uh, with that, um, you know, we want to really wish the best for Indiana startups, hot tech um, innovators, and um, any final words for startups like Conversite and uh, other startups in the hot tech innovative. What are we going to see? And you are you are wearing multiple hats. You are also part of um, you know hot tech. You know, you are working day in day out with the startup innovators and also from a fundraising <laughs> and. Um, you know, venture perspective. What's next couple of years look like? Well, I, you know, the, the the biggest. Well, there's two. There's two things I, I think, and one is um, spending high quality time and being patient with the process of customer discovery and real use cases that are solving a discernible problem. Or a potential customer, that that just needs a lot more work, and it's okay. it's true for hard tech, it's true for SaaS, it's true it's true for all innovation-driven businesses. You know, they you tend to get uh, into your own own world, and you don't want to push out and, yeah. and test your hypothesis. Which is most startup that's that's what it is. It's a hypothesis, right? So. You may have an MVP, but it's built on a hypothesis of yes. a customer need. And you know, I can guarantee only one thing out of that, you're wrong. So if you're, you know, I'm banking on the wrong, and I'm not banking on your failure, I'm banking that you're wrong and you're going to have to iterate and learn. And so, yes. you, you know, you, you wouldn't have hundreds of customers buying Conversite platform if, if, if you didn't iterate and get, the value proposition, right? Oh, yes. So you're just not gonna, they're not gonna part with their check. And the more sophisticated the buyer, more sophisticated the company, the harder it is to get the check, right? So they're not gonna approach every purchase as some, something oh, yeah. they're gonna put Focus on the expense report, you know? I mean, so how do you get that hyper-connectivity to the potential market early? Earlier the better. I mean, sure. tell me where I'm wrong. Yeah. As soon as possible, you I'm know, I need to form that conclusion. I need to be relatively accurate about that because I'm banking my company on it. And yes. Investors are banking on it, but literally. Um, so that you know that that's one. And hard tech. Yeah, you know I think I think finding allies in the community and in in figuring out um, where those opportunities are to grow and solve a problem is going to be a constant, you know, constant reliance on the community. Don't don't. 
never feel bad about asking for help. Yeah. You know, and, uh, yeah. We have a huge community, big community. Yeah, and it's actually strength of Indiana. I mean, yes. it, you know, this Hoosier hospitality thing, is there's something to it. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's one of our strengths, and I've been to a lot of places in the world that don't have it. And so it, uh, why not turn that community into, into the number one strength for helping a startup Absolutely. succeed? Great. That was yeah. great insights talking about uh, Indiana, hard tech, and Industry 4.0 AI, and most, most interestingly, ChatGPT. So Thanks. Love well, to have another conversation, maybe. For sure. I wouldn't, you know, I don't know when this will be produced and distributed, but March 2nd, we are having our first hard tech Indiana. Hard tech Indiana, yeah. Uh, event at event. 16 Tech, so just late in the afternoon for a couple of hours. So if we can get this out and about, that would be helpful. And uh, we would invite. Uh, Anybody who's interested in supporting or starting or investing in and uh, helping the whole concept of innovation around Industry 4.0 and, you know, hard tech angles come out. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll happy to add that link um, to registration for that event. So looking forward to that event, Hard Tech Indiana, learning and meeting, you know, other innovators in this space. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Ganesh. Thank you all.